0: Set down your sleepy water and your Mr. Whistle. Take off that raincoat and grab a cold beer. It's time to have a real talk about pediatric dentistry. You're listening to bruise and tiny teeth. The unfiltered pediatric dentistry podcast. Well, Minal, thanks for, um, hopping on the podcast and catch me after work. And this is, uh, it's going to work out. Okay. It's, it's nice. Um, our mutual friend, um, Michael kind of referenced you, but I think you guys kind of work in the same realm of like the marketing world. And, and, um, you know, it, I guess, I don't know, the whole marketing thing's kind of a foreign concept to me. Like it's another language and I had t- kind of dabble in it from time to time. Um, but you know, as a practice owner, I feel like in the early stages when you're trying to do things yourself,
1: um, oh, yeah. It's a whole okay. different thing. And I'm also a pediatric dental hygienist, so I've been pedo for a very, very long time.
0: So oh, this is how
1: Michael and I about kind
0: of Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Well, I mean, I went to Rutgers and I was a pre-dental and communication major. So I was marketing and I was bio. And then I actually started working at a pediatric dental office uh, with like 25,000 patients. And it was, you know, it was amazing. And I graduated in 2008, the luck of 2008. Mm -hmm. And I just told my East Indian father that I'm not going to go to dental school and I'm going to go into business instead. So he's like, well, you better figure this out because that's not okay. But I called this practice that I was shadowing at as a sophomore in college. And they said, come on in, come here. And the next thing I knew, you know, they they were not hiring, but they interviewed me and they hired me anyways. They're like, we just like you. So we're just going to see what happens. And we're just going to figure it out. And next thing led to another and I was always in marketing. And Mm -hmm. then I actually went to hygiene school and uh, to understand really clinical care and Mm -hmm. communication from a patient's perspective, because it's very different where you're in healthcare compared to business, customers, e-commerce. And I had grown up in business and e-commerce. My family's business is like that. So this is a whole different level of how you treat people, uh, You know what the important things for them is. So yeah, no, I'm also a pediatric dental hygienist and uh, pediatric is what I love.
0: Cool. So how long did you, um, and I, I guess maybe I got the times and dates and things mixed up here, but did you, after you got done with hygiene school, you were in, like, did you do a certain amount of time, like in practice or like, walk me back through that. Cause I kind of miss, it. I'm just curious, like how much pediatric, like in the trenches, hands-on pediatric experience you had, I guess.
1: Um, I was 10 years. So I was actually, and I only worked, I only did hygiene twice a week. So it was never a full-time thing because it was always like marketing. And then I also did hygiene uh, twice a week. So it was a great combination.
0: Okay. Then have you always had like kind of a knack for, for marketing, like slash whatever I think marketing, I group marketing and social media. Maybe it's because I'm kind of in the millennial generation here, but I kind of group them together. But have you always been like, sort of like marketing minded slash like on a lot of social media and understanding a lot of like SEO stuff, like was that just come all very natural to you or is this kind of um, something that you like developed a lot over time? I'm just, I I guess I'm curious like how you got uh, so interested in the marketing side of things.
1: uh, I mean, I grew up with social media. So again, I was in college and college was my first year in college was 2004. That's when Facebook was launched. So I remember having Facebook as like only for colleges when we all talked about where we're gonna meet up to have lunch or where the study hall is. It was only for college kids, right? That was the entire purpose of Facebook. It wasn't this global phenomenon it was. And before that, yeah, I was on AIM and Zanga and like all these other platforms. So I kind of grew up with that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was natural to me to, to be on and what to do and the messaging and all of that. And because I also studied communication, which a lot of it is marketing PR, public speaking and all of that combined together, it just kind of helped me level it up to a point where I really enjoyed it, but now I enjoyed it with some data and stats and what to do and what not to do and how do business function with marketing.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, and then tell me, I guess, transition more into like your business that you have now. Cause I, I, I didn't get a chance to look up a ton of details. So just kind of educate me is, are you um, you've been kind of a, Entrepreneur slash business owner of your marketing firm or your marketing company for how many years? And then, what kind of work do you do? Like, is it? Um, just tell me, tell me a little bit more about the kind of your day to day stuff that you do with your with your um, current career.
1: Yeah, so I actually started my first company in 2013, and we launched it by breaking this world record. So, I am a marketing strategist. Um, I'm not a website company, I'm not SEO, I'm not doing a Google ads, I'm not doing social media for you. I'm a oh. hard sell, I'm a marketing strategist and a coach. So most of the practices uh, that I work with are asking me to work with them because they need somebody in their corner, almost like a CMO, who can sit down and go through everything and say, hey, what are you actually doing in marketing? What is working? What is not working? Let's build a marketing plan that works for you. Uh, let's work on your messaging. So it all kind of is very much focused on what do you need as a practice? And there are practices that I work with, which are one location up to 40 locations. So it's all very different when it comes to it. So it's really there is no cookie cutter approach and there is no marketing sell because I'm selling nothing except strategy and making sure that the practices get exactly what they get. um, I have a bestseller book called Why Your Marketing is Killing Your Business and What to Do About It. And the reason I have that book is because I truly believe that you can, whatever marketing you're doing, doesn't matter if you're spending $2,000 or if you're spending $50,000, whatever marketing you're doing right now, you can slash it by 20%. You could slash that budget by 20% because most of the issues that come, there's too much marketing. And most of the issues that happen with marketing is that we are not leveraging and maximizing what we already have. And that's the reason we keep seeing all this marketing dollars being spent, and the ROI is so little. So my job is to figure out where should we be spending money, how we should be spending money, and then building that entire plan around it.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I'm curious your thoughts on this too. But it's always kind of felt like as a a new practice that where I, you know, with doing a scratch start, it seems like. There's a lot of people playing in the market, um, like in the marketing and advertising space that are kind of competing for your time and dollars and attention. You know, I, I mm-hmm. mean, it's and not an infrequent. A lot. Yeah. You know, you get a Facebook message or an email or somebody says, hey, are you try- looking to get new patients? And then I get all these targeted Facebook ads by, you know, we can increase <laughs> your new patient flow from 20 to uh, 200. All you have to do is, you know, follow our program. Like there's just, it's a bit overwhelming, but it also makes you a bit skeptical because it's like, man, there's so many people. It just feels like they're just trying to compete for your attention, I guess. And is is do any of them actually have a legitimate return on investment that's worthwhile? But uh, I I don't know if you've found that, you know, people get kind of overwhelmed with the competition or I guess how many people hark on marketing where it can kind of just be easy to be like, I don't know, I'm just going to like I'm just going to like not use anybody and do everything myself and kind of keep everything internal just because I don't know who to trust because there's so much coming at me. But that's kind of always the vibe I've sort of felt like in the startup path. But I'm curious if you kind of see a similar vibe as well there.
1: 100%. It's 100% like that. And it's just because there's too many of them. There's too much overwhelm, right? And like you said, who do we actually trust? And it's even annoying in Facebook groups because you will ask a question and you may have all these people recommending the same company, but a lot of times those people are getting referral money mm. or they are getting some sort of an incentive to refer this company, right? So it becomes harder and harder. And I see that all the time. Like I just got off a call with a client today, pediatric practice, three locations. And they called me up and they said, Hey Manal, we just spent over $30,000 with this one company and none of this is done and all of this stuff. And we kind of have to take a step back and take a look at everything that was not be- not happening that they were charging for and what was happening. So unfortunately um, there are companies like that who absolutely will not deliver. And sometimes you're also not the right fit for the right company and the right company is not the right fit for you. Right. So there are so many companies which work well for some practices, some that do not Um, in my world, the way that I take a look at anything and I don't take any referral money from any company. So I do a lot of different, you know, Mark, I work with all marketing companies, but it's very clear that I'm not taking any money from you so that I have no incentive. And no obligations to any company to be, you know, I can be honest with my clients and be like, no, that sucks. We are not doing that. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Do not spend that money. Um, but, for example, a website. And now you could have a website that's templated or whatever and it's $2,000 and you could have a website with all the hoopla in the world and amazing videos and photos that's, you know, cost you about $20,000 plus, $3,000 And most of the time, startups or practices will call me and say, how much should I spend on a website? Logically, business wise and strategy wise, my answer is always your website has to be as good or better than the competition because you always have to look at it from a perspective of a potential patient. So, is a potential patient, if they were to land, if I were to get on Google, if they were to land between me and my competition, will they choose me? Now, in some cases, let's say you are in Manhattan and literally your average is like, you know, your radius is about three or four blocks, and you have all this competition, yeah, you're going to spend some money, heavy spending some money on the digital space. But let's say you are in the middle of a small town in Montana, and the next dental practice is 20 miles away or 10 miles away. And you look at the competition online, and their websites are still templated from the 1990s. Do you have to spend $30,000 on a new website? You don't. hmm. I mean, if you want to, and you have the spend for it and you want to go crazy, sure, but logically you do not. So it all really comes down to your location, your target audience, and heavily your competition, uh, where you are with your competition.
0: Yeah. So um, like, let's step back and pretend we'll do a little thought experiment here. Let's say I'm, I've got a practice. I'm established, you know, maybe I've got one really busy practice or maybe like, two practices, just like not giant multi office, huge, but you know, just like a more of an average size pedo practice where you've got, uh, you know, an owner and an associate and you guys have two or three practice and they, you know, we call you up and, and say, Hey, we need some assistance. Like we're, we're maybe wanting to revamp some marketing, make sure we're optimizing new patients coming in. Maybe we're bringing in a new doctor and want to make sure our marketing dollars are being spent effectively like what's your process coming into the like what are the first steps in our first like i guess first phone call like what are the things that you start structuring and what does that series of of events and conversations look like at the beginning
1: um the first conversation is what is the goal so what is that and i the issue that happens with us with all realm is also sometimes we have multiple goals but not one goal that we are working towards right so in this case let's say you have three locations so is the is the goal one of the location is not doing well? Is the goal you want to rebrand all of them under one huge thing? Is the goal you have a new practitioner coming and your focus is on that? So the first thing is to sit down and say what is our priority list so that now we know where our focus and energy is going to go to so we can understand priority one, two, and three. And then the second thing is I like to look at the numbers and not numbers. I don't you know I don't need to know your numbers with your production and collection and all of that, but I want to know the numbers of How many new patients are coming? How many patients are unscheduled? How many are breaking the appointments? What is your protocol for rescheduling the patients? What is your protocol for, let's say you have 10 new patients on average right now, and you want to get up to 20. Okay, well, that's doubling the new patient numbers. So that's going to help us break down and say, where are the 10 coming from? Okay, here are the one or two top referral sources. Great. So let's go ahead and leverage those, but we may have to add two more so that we can get this new distribution channels where we can talk about our marketing message to reach up to 20. So it's always a combination of what do we already have that we can maximize, which most of the time is very easy to do. And I'll give you an example about it a little later. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, do we are we missing out on something that we clearly have not touched upon that is going to work with this audience?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know? And then including that into that to start seeing those conversions.
0: What, uh, what do you find is different about uh, maybe a pediatric prep? Cause I, I'm, I'm assuming you work with more than just pediatric dentists, right? Yes, I do. Okay. So then what, um, are there things that you find different in those first conversations that maybe goals that a pediatric dentist has, um, uh, versus a general dentist or a family dentist or another specialist, like just based on the nature of our target demographics being a very specific demographic of, you know, moms, you know, or you're know, women of a certain age with kids. Do you find that pediatric dentists need to market differently? And if so, specifically, what, why, why are they different? Or how does that look like?
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Pediatric practices are very different because we are talking to a concerned parent. Um, and that's a very different kind of marketing when we're a GP or a cosmetic practice where we are talking to the patient directly. And when we are talking to the patient directly, our language is very much based on what we're actually selling. Yes, we are We are also focusing on their lifestyle. But with pediatric is literally about how do I remove that anxiety from that parent? How do I make sure that they know that this, this place, this location, this is the dental home for their children? And that becomes a whole different thing because pediatric is, the marketing is heavily based on emotion, even though it's also in GP, but pediatric is times two based on emotion. You could have a pediatric website and literally your homepage, if it has less than, 10 photos on it, you're missing out because your entire thing is to show how amazing uh, this little patients feel when they come to your practice, how comfortable they are, how awesome you are, how amazing your team is, right? So here's an example. Let's say that um, we all have websites. We've been talking about it. And on the website, usually we have an about us page, right? And on Mm -hmm. the about us page, there is usually a photo of the doctor, you know, a little square. Usually, hands are crossed, they're a little sideways, and they give a little smile, right? That's a doctor picture on the About Us page. And then right next to it, it's all the information of where they went to school, all the accolades that they have, the organizations they belong to. And then it ends with something like, in the free time, uh, you know, Dr. Casey loves to go hunting. And that's pretty much About Us page, correct? Mm -hmm.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Fact.
1: True, correct? Well, that's marketing. Now let's change that completely to marketing strategy specifically for a pediatric dental practice. So I'm a pediatric dental hygienist. And let's say that we were to go to this website that I'm working at, this pediatric practice. You go to the About Us page. And on the About Us page, instead of a photo of me sideways, whatever, you know, there's a video of me, less than one minute. It can be more than a minute, less than one minute. And on the video, it goes something like this. Hi, my name is Manal. I'm so honored to be a part of this incredible ABC pediatric dental practice. You know, I was born in India and I was raised in the US Virgin Islands. One of my favorite things to do is to laugh. I have that like really big belly laugh that you could just hear from the other room. But you see, as I'm looking at the photos of me from my childhood, I'm not laughing loud or smiling big because I had black spots on my teeth and I was really ashamed about it. Um, Today, I'm a pediatric dental hygienist because I don't want any child to feel like they cannot smile big or laugh loud. I look forward to meeting you and your family. That's it, right? A less than a minute video. And right underneath that video, there are two or three bullet points of where I went to school, the accolades and the organization I belong to. So to a parent, what do you think is going to connect more that regular bio that we just talked about or the video that I just shared?
0: Yeah, the the video for sure. And that's, uh, that's, uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever been to a, Pediatric website that actually has that you know if probably the hundred I've looked at they probably are all fit that description of of the standing sideways with a headshot in the box and you know in his spare time he likes to you know explore the food scene and hang out with his <laughs> kids yeah so for sure for sure that's a and that's a low cost high impact way to make a change too you know that's not like very that's easy
1: a, I mean I'll just take your Just take your phone, have somebody just press record. And the next thing you know, you have a less than a one minute video. And there is clearly a strategy behind it. And usually it starts with, we want to know, because you are connecting with parents. And this case, you are in a pediatric practice. So you have to start with your childhood. Mm -hmm. As you see in my strategy, I started with my why. But I went back to, well, as a child, I was looking at my photos. I wasn't smiling big and laughing loud. There is something about your childhood. And I do this when I do workshops. I bring the doctor on stage and we figure this out. But it usually comes down to, for you, why did you become a dentist? Why did you become a pediatric dentist? And that answer there right alone is what you need in that video because that's what the parent's going to connect to. So Mm -hmm. is marketing different? Absolutely. Is it different for pediatric? 100% because instead of us focusing on the procedures and what we are selling, we have to really focus on the emotional part of it.
0: Mm, okay. So focusing on the emotion more than the actual procedures we're, uh, we're offering, which is true, I suppose too, you know, like the actual procedures we're doing are are so basic and bread and butter. You know, I sp- feel like I spend a lot less time at work talking about the specifics of the procedure or even the difference between like white and silver fillings More, more so. I feel like parents don't care as much when it comes to their kids, as long as their kids have a good experience and that kind of you know, gets prioritized all to your point there. So, um, uh, so then I guess, as far as pediatric specific marketing, you, you keep coming back to like website, like a tweaking website. So maybe that's kind of one of the first things you look at, but you know, I brought you in, um, and maybe our goal is we want to just increase new patient flow at one, our main central location to, um, fill the schedule of our associate, you know, and we're seeing. You know, it's a normal PPO office. We've got a mix of patients and we're seeing 60 kids a month, but we want to get it up to a hundred. And, you know, I want to fill my associate schedule basically. Um, So you're looking at website. What are some other, you know, I guess, what are some other common things you look at?
1: So many. I mean, um, you have to do a five way approach to it, right? So there's always digital marketing. Digital marketing is going to be your website, your SEO, your Google AdWords, all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. There is clearly your social media marketing, but I like to approach social media marketing a little bit different. Um, A lot of times, first of all, if you have any stock, just just stop. Just don't share any stock. I mean, you're it's actually hurting your social media pages because the way the algorithm works is. So there's this algorithm called Edgerank. Right. And uh, this is what Facebook was based upon and pretty much what it would look like. Okay, well, Manal likes shoes. So the pages that show shoes, I'm going to show to Manal because Manal likes shoes, right? And that's how they started connecting people to what they see. And then it has evolved and evolved and evolved. And now a lot of the algorithm is heavily based on engagement. So for example, let's say you were to go to your social media page on your Facebook. And it was one of your friend's birthday. Well, the next thing you know, the birthday was a week ago. But you still keep seeing that same post coming up on your page. And you're like, this was a week ago. Why, why are you still seeing it a week ago? because there's organic engagement on it. People are commenting, and then you comment back. So realistically, the first thing in social media you need to do is you need to minimum post four times a week, minimum, four times a week. Consistency is, is important here. And out of those four times a week, you need to post three of those posts should be actual photos and videos. Now, one photo could be of the doctor with the team. One photo could be of a patient with a team. One, you know, one uh, photo could be of the doctor, just like hanging out, whatever it is. And in this case, if you want to fill our associate schedule, we need to start highlighting that associate more and more and more. Now, once we have that organic engagement, that's when we actually go in and start doing very easy. You don't need a company to do this. There are many companies that do, but you really don't need a company to do this. Do this internally, save some money. Um, You always get a boost option. And you're like, oh, I had to click on this boost option. What do I actually do, right? Well, with the boost option, things get a little bit different. There is, when you click on that, you're going to see multiple different reasons. Like one of the boost options is going to be boosted to people who like your page and people similar to them. Another boost option could be something similar to saying people in your local area or your target audience. So what do you choose? A strategy, and this is a specific one, so you want to improve this, this is a specific one, is you want to take that post that has some engagement or you want to get more engagement on to fill the schedule for your associate and boost it to people who like your page and people similar to them now most of the time you would say well why am I spending money to boost it to people who already like my page it doesn't make sense they're already coming to my practice but again it goes back to strategy and psychology right when you yourself are on a Facebook page or something like that and you come across a sponsored ad and the sponsored ad has likes and comments what do you do Casey
0: the sponsored ad has likes and comments. Um... I mean, I, just to be honest, a lot of times I look at it, if it's a product I'm interested in, which I half the time it is, cause I've been creeping on, you know, mm-hmm. if I want to buy a new uh, set of hunting camo, then you see a cool ad and it's got a bazillion likes and comments. I'm usually creeping in the comment section to see what other people are talking about on there is what I do.
1: Right. Cause I mean, that's what it is right now. if the, Let's now switch it. And let's say that you come across the ad and there are no comments and no engagement. What do you do then?
0: Uh, probably keep on scrolling probably, I don't know, a lot of times. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We usually keep on scrolling, right? So here's what happens. Most of the times we think that let's put this stuff up. It's not engaging. It has no comments. It has nothing. And we are going to boost it to a brand new audience. Why would the brand new audience care about you? You're giving them no reason to stop and look at your ad and be nosy. So instead the strategy should always be, if you were to boost a post in this case, boost it to people who like your page and people similar to them because they are going to comment on this. They are going to like it. And once you get those comments and like, because these are your fans already, then reboost it to a brand new target audience. Because now when you reboost it, that target audience who doesn't know you is gonna be like, wow, look at all these comments. This must be a really cool pedo practice. And let's go in there and let's check it out, right? So now it becomes this whole thing. So a lot of time it comes down to strategy, even when it comes to, that's why I said I approach social media a little differently then let's just go ahead and post. We are not going to do that. It's going to be very specific to what we are posting. When it comes to Instagram, things are very different. Um, Instagram is literally in competition with TikTok, which is very annoying, and they keep talking about it, and they change their algorithm on a weekly basis, which is the most annoying thing in the world. But currently, short-form video is the number one piece of content available online. So if you do want to leverage Instagram, you do have to do a Reel. And to all the listeners who are, who are probably cursing me right side saying, I do not dance. I'm not doing that. I get you, man. I don't dance either. <laughs> On reels. I get it. It's not fun. I don't want you to wear a pink tutu and dance around. That is not what I'm saying. Listen, if that's your thing, power to you, go and do it. If that's mm-hmm. not your thing, you do not have to do it. <laughs> you can still show up and still share a little bit of content. Your content is going to be in between your practice culture and education. You're going to actually educate. On baby bottle tooth decay, you're going to go in and educate on ceilings. You're going to talk about if you do, you know, lip ties and tongue ties, talk about it. If you're doing laser phenectomies, talk about it. If you're doing sedation, talk about it. But you're going to share that as reels because reels, no matter what, is going to show up on more people's feeds than anything else. So if you're going to waste your time on social media anyways, to be on social media, waste it creating content that's going to get in front of more people. And there are so many tips and tricks and stuff like that that you could do with Reels. You could, how do you find trending audio and all of that as well? So you can put it all together. Now, the third thing that I want you to do is leverage Nextdoor. I don't know how many people on here are on Nextdoor app. Um, Nextdoor is similar to like Angie's List. It's similar to a, uh, it's a popular neighborhood ad. And this is where people go. It's similar to Facebook groups. And they talk about, hey, what's a pediatric dentist in our town? And then all these neighbors are going to start talking about it and start commenting. So I don't know how many people on here are active on Nextdoor, but you want to start getting into places where people are always asking questions. So that also includes Facebook groups, join community Facebook groups, join mom Facebook groups, right? But go on to Google and then search your town with the mom groups. You will be surprised that so many moms, and even if not moms, there's like kids groups that are out there. They have blogs, they have newsletters. This is where the parents go to find out when like, you know, the next fall festival is or who's doing the pumpkin picking, and all that stuff happening right now. That's where you need to be. That's where you want to advertise. Like just uh, yesterday we had a call with a pediatric practice and they actually sent me this one website where they have over 16,000 people coming on. And this is a website where all the moms and dads go to find out what the events are. Clearly that's going to be a place that you are going to go and say, hey, can I do an interview for you? Can I give you a five or six things? You don't wanna just do an ad, you wanna become the go-to person. So, so many ways that you could leverage directly to the audience. Now there is this other one, I'm just giving so many specific strategies, is that okay?
0: Yeah, you're just, okay? just letting, you, letting you, I cut you loose okay. here, so no, you're doing great.
1: Okay, all right, Tell me, let me know when you are like, stop, okay. Um, so a specific strategy that, that combines social media and ground marketing, right? and that kind of comes together again i always want to save money in my marketing but i want to get in front of a, my ideal audience so let's say wherever you are located wherever your practice is looking to you know look into your neighborhood do you have a local business of some sort like a restaurant a coffee shop an ice cream shop uh, a cookie shop like something where you know families go to a mexican restaurant italian place you know but it has to be local cannot be corporate it it has to be local. So let's say this is a local place. Let's say it's a pizzeria. Um, you go to the pizzeria, introduce yourself. Hey, my name is you know, Dr. X, Y, and Z. And I have pediatric practice right down the road. I know the last two years were really tough for the community and I want to do something nice for everybody and we love eating here. We love the food here as well. So here's what we would love to do if you're open to it. Um, tomorrow is uh, Thursday night and anybody who has a takeout order tomorrow night from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., we would like to give them a free box of breadsticks on us. So I'm the consumer, right? I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving. I go on the Thursday night. I pick up my pizza order. And with there, there's an extra box of breadsticks. And on this box, it says something like, I hope this made you smile. The last couple of years have been very tough for us. And we just want to do something nice for you. Your local pediatric dental practice or your kid's dentist, right? And then the name of the practice, P.S., help us. Pay this forward by sharing the love on social media take a photo click hashtag paid forward and feel free to tag us so now i am that mom going this is amazing who just bought me a free box of breadsticks? okay this is cool now you could even go a step above it and you can also do something with it right if you go ahead and ta- post a photo and hashtag it paid forward and tag our practice we'll also donate to x y and z zoo or we'll also donate to this ch- you know ch- shelter or whatever your charity is as well So what you are now directly doing is one, you're supporting a local business, which is great because this is a popular pizzeria. And why would they say no to you buying X amount of breadsticks from them? I mean, that's cool, man. You wanna buy breadsticks from me. That's awesome. You're supporting me. The second thing is it's a surprise element of somebody picking that order up and they're going to look you up. Now you are directly going to the consumers. They don't even have to share your photo or nothing. You got in front of that audience and everybody's now at that dinner table talking about the free box of bedsticks from pediatric dentist, and your topic of conversation, right? So you start doing things in a way that makes sense in your community. And this is how you kind of remove all that noise, all that other marketing noise that's going on all the time because you're directly working with people.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's cool. I just, I can tell in the way you're, you're talking and what I, I like about some of these strategies you've brought up is it's, it seems so much more effective for what we do versus what you see on all the like marketing, um, Facebook pages and things where the, all the emphasis is towards like Google AdWords and like direct mailers and billboards and other like forms of hard print media, I guess. But I've just, I've always thought that people waste a lot of, not waste. I mean, there's probably times when it's important and in certain markets, certain situations, maybe it's important. But the couple things you've talked about, like just, I've, I've always been a big proponent just because I was able to build my practice for very cheap with just like basic Facebook posts. I didn't do four times a week, but just like you said, good organic contact pictures and videos and just doing mm-hmm. it regularly will just build your practice. And it doesn't cost you a dime. And that just seems so much more effective than spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on um, some of these forms that maybe are more applicable to a general dentist for like casting a wide net. But, um, like now my marketing efforts have shifted more towards like, um, uh, I don't know what you call it. Like fun things like, uh, we're doing like a trunk or treat thing and hanging out and just like giving away, Like, like we donate, like we donated a Yeti, Yeti cooler to, uh, like a, a benefit, but it's like things that I'm kind of interested in. Cause I want to do it just because I don't have to spend a lot of marketing dollars, but it lets you do fun, cool mm-hmm. outside the box things. Like some of the things you're talking about, and it still seems like the return on investments really pretty good. And you can do those things ultimately pretty cheap too. So I just, I'm digging some of these ideas you're throwing out. It's very cool.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, there's a place for everything. Google ads work. Websites, they, everything works. It all, But it all kind of comes down to, again, your budget, um, where you are located, the demographics that you're serving, what they're expecting, how they're. So clearly a strategy for somebody in San Diego may not work in Manhattan when it comes to digital media. But all the stuff I'm sharing right now, it's all across. You could do this with anywhere. It doesn't matter if you are in a random town in Idaho or if you are in Manhattan, in New York. And this could work anywhere, right? Um, another thing that I think a lot of practices don't do all the time is internal marketing and I don't like to call it internal marketing but more internal patient appreciation so because for us and Casey you know this too when you look at your referral numbers and you look at your new patient numbers your number one or two source of new patients are your current patients they are the ones who are sending you all these amazing patients but we almost forget and we annoy the crap out of them right like We send them three emails to write a review and two text messages to write a review. And we keep like we, and they keep coming to us, which is great, but we don't really do like so much of appreciation. So again, with appreciation, yeah, you could do the basic stuff with, you know, raffles and this and that, but I want us to change it up a little bit. Um, Look at your, print out your report. Look at that mom who has been sending you all these new patients. So she may have like, you know, she may be sending you a lot of new patients all the time. Now, when you do that, Come up with that. You will, let's call this mom, Sarah. So this mom, who is Sarah, uh, she's amazing. She's great. That's, you know, she sends patients to your house. I want you to go ahead and when Sarah's in the practice or give her a call, you know, you do that. So not the office manager, not the hygienist, you, the doctor has to do this. You kind of go in and be like, hey, Sarah, thank you so much. You know, you've been patient. uh, You've been bringing your kids to us for such a long time and we appreciate it. And man, you have sent us so many families to come to us. You know, we want to do something really nice for you. Hey, are you in a book club or something similar to that? Do you belong to a charity? Do you go to an organization? Are you in a book club? Now, I'll tell you, most people are in a book club. And you know what we do in a book club? We drink. We drink and we eat. We never talk about the book, but we drink and we eat, right? So now you can tell Sarah and say, She's like, Yeah, I'm in, you know, I'm in this book club. Well, Sarah, I want to do something really nice for you. The next book club, I want to sponsor it. I'll bring all the wine, we'll send you all the wine, we'll, you know, we'll get some food for you guys, and you just let me know where. She's going to be like, oh my God, what? You want to sponsor my book club? Of course, you know, whatever you're doing, even if she says she's in a, you know, she does picnics or she's in a church group, whatever she's in, be like, I want to sponsor that for you. I want to show my appreciation. Now she's going to be like, wow, that's like amazing. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. So now the next thing, you know, let's say it's Sarah's book club and you know, you got some nice cheese boards and some wines and some food. Let's say it even went up and cost you $300, $400. Okay. And that's me being generous. 300 $400. Well, the thing is, Every single person at that book club is talking about you because you just brought them cheese and wine and food and no other pediatric dentist is doing it. And who's Sarah friends with? Other moms. So you see, you kind of need to like, you know, switch things around on how you are doing your internal appreciation and directly go to some of those people that you want to bring to your practice, more people like them. And there's so much you can do with this kind of stuff, right? Like, I mean, hundreds of ideas, but do some of this stuff and then let me know how it went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I'll tell you one I just did recently that I, I had some things went really well with it and some things went kind of wrong with it, but, uh, I've had some good luck doing some social media giveaways. Um, uh, so I did a, and, and historically we normally do a Yeti cooler giveaway cause of my, everybody knows I like hunting and outdoors. And, um, like we did a cool, like Yeti cooler teal backpack thing. That was good. But anyways, my staff was like, well, we never really do anything for the kids. You know, the kids don't care about a Yeti cooler or whatever. And like that doesn't get them fired up. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And one of my staff was saying that um, uh, Spidey and Friends and it wasn't Bluey. It was like Disney uh, Disney Clubhouse, I think. Like, a, you know, Spidey and Friends and all the Disney characters were coming to like the big theater in St. Louis. And if you're like a four-year-old, that's like big news and it was really cool. And she was going to get tickets for her kids. So um, I bought a stack of tickets and... Um, like a gas card and some stuff to kind of like get, like do a free, you know, uh, evening with Mickey Mouse clubhouse and Spidey and friends and all that. And so we did like, you know, I did like a, a raffle thing or a Facebook, um, uh, Facebook giveaway where they had to, it wasn't anything too crazy. It was like the post and comment, um you know Mm -hmm. tag one friend that you know has kids that would like this and uh and it went nuts and got a ton of attention and had i don't know how many six or 800 or however many people commented and and that was really really well received and we got a bunch of new patients but the one thing i found out the hard way is you have to be careful about doing a, a hashtag giveaway um this happened twice now um where if you put that hashtag on There's creepy losers out there that scroll the internet looking for these, and then they'll make a fake account that's instead of Quiver Creek Pediatric Dentistry, it's, they spell it just a little different and use the same logo and everything, and then they contact and comment everybody, congrats, you're the winner, click the link below to claim your prize, and then it spams, you know, then it, you know, malware or whatever, so we've had that happen twice, and I have to go and say, no, 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 don't click on any fake, you know, we're getting scammed or hacked or whatever, so I learned the hard way, don't put hashtag giveaway. Just be like, we will announce a winner at this time and XYZ. So I don't know if that's anything you've ever run across. So that worked really well, but lesson learned, don't put hashtag giveaway or you're gonna get like spammed.
1: Oh yeah, no, those those kind of giveaways where you are recommending like teacher appreciation, where you go ahead and you recommend a teacher, right? Who should win a gift card and then all of his families are recommending teachers, and then you can also take that same thing and boost it to teach there's so much you could do with those online social media giveaways. One of the ones which was literally uh, a little bit unique that one of the pediatric practices we are working with did, which was really cool, was they did a, uh, a social media virtual egg hunt for Easter. So what they did was they put eggs all around different, uh, different places in different rooms of the practice, and they took photos of it. And then they had the photos on their social media. And then people had to go through each picture and figure out where the, how many eggs there are. And then comment below and how many there are. And then the same thing, you know, tag a friend like kind of thing. And that that went bananas. And it was really cool cool because what was happening was that all of these families were spending a lot of time on that page because they were all looking at that photo saying, hold on, did I get all the eggs and then go to the next one and come back to it? And so it became into a thing. So when you're doing some of this stuff, also kind of think about how do I make somebody keep coming back to my page, but also spending a lot of time? Because when they're looking at those videos or photos, the algorithm is catching all that data. And it knows if your page is popular or not, so organically it really helps as well too, but mm-hmm. yeah, social media contests are amazing, they're great
0: um Mino, uh, Mino, can i uh, I want to go back to the Facebook and Instagram discussion that you were talking about a little bit earlier yeah. with like sh- short form videos being a little bit more popular um, and I I don't claim to be the most techie, uh, social media savvy guy, but times are obviously continually changing. And, you know, there's people listening now that are trying to do startups that want to really harness the power of social media as much as possible to grow their practice. Um, But I I come from more of a comfort zone using Facebook and I understand Facebook well and Mm -hmm. I know how it works. And my practice page on uh, Facebook has really been very successful and been a big source of patience for us. Um, and just doing what we talked about organic content and everything. Um, I boosted a few posts and I ran a few ads and had some success, but I don't really even need to do those anymore, which is a good problem to have. Um, and, and I've got maybe like a lot, I've got over 2000 likes and 2400 followers, which I feel like is pretty good for a peds page, but Instagram, I've never really been able to get the ball rolling as much. Um, and I, I don't know if that's, you know, and I. I guess maybe a question for you would be like, do do you feel like Facebook, at least right now, maybe has more of an impact to the current generation of moms with kids as far as how to, you know, where they find referrals from? Like, like, it just seems like Facebook is an easier place to have a a group or a page or anybody, you know, looking for recommendations. Like Facebook just seems to be a better platform for that. Um, Whereas like on Instagram, I just have never, you know, I still post almost the same content, you know, a couple times a week. And, and, uh, I, have, I really, I don't know how many followers I have, but it's maybe a fourth or I don't know, five, 600. It's just not nearly as many. And, uh, and it's, I, I don't do tons of short videos. I get a little bit overwhelmed by that, but just doing basic posts and stuff, it feels like I've never made as much traction, but I also wonder, am I really missing out on a lot of moms now? And I think maybe in like 10 years for sure. All the kids that are really on TikTok and Instagram, like are all going to be moms at that point, And you're going to really be forced to do that. But, um, at this point, I guess uh, summarized there, I'm just asking like, if you notice, if you, if, if you tell your doctors and clients to emphasize one social media platform over the other, um, or I guess what advice you might recommend to somebody like myself who like, like I have a lot of Facebook presence. Um, is it, is it okay to cruise at that? Or would you recommend really getting heavy into TikTok right now? Obviously, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for you to answer that. I'm just trying to get your thoughts on some of that stuff.
1: Yeah, no. So no, it's a great, it's a great, great question. So it's funny. It's very funny. I have almost a 50, 50 line. I have 50% of my practices who do really well on Facebook and I have 50% who do really well on Instagram. And it all comes down to your geographical location believe it or not. So what's happening is that the practices that I have in New York and in San Diego and in all these cities, they are really heavy on Instagram. Uh, Those parents don't even go, like they go to Facebook, but they go to Facebook groups, but they're on Nextdoor app and they're going on Instagram and things like that. Uh, But then there is this entire generation. So Facebook's largest growing generation right now are the seniors. So a lot of people, a lot of moms uh, do have Facebook and Instagram. And the younger moms, so the you know, I am 36, I'm millennial, um, the younger mom, so I am like an older millennial or in between, you know, 36 years old. But like the younger moms who have younger kids are more comfortable on Instagram than they're on Facebook. So it really comes down to one, where you are located and two, where they're spending their time. Because I was working with uh, somebody in, in a small town in Michigan recently and their Instagram sucks. Like they don't get anything from Instagram. But their Facebook is amazing, like it's amazing. But the same thing this morning, I work with somebody from New York and they're killing it on Instagram. They just got half a million views on a reel. And it was about tongue ties and lip ties. And you know, they doubled their Instagram followers and half a million views on tongue ties and lip ties on Instagram. And their Facebook gets like eight likes or 10 likes, right? So it really depends on your, like I said, your geography, where you're located, where the parents are spending time. And then the third one is a little bit more important. What kind of content you're comfortable doing? So if you hate videos and you want to punch, you know, you want to punch a bag when you, when you think about TikTok and you're like, it's ruining our life and our world, this TikTok thing, then you should not try to be on TikTok then because the, the only thing you can do on TikTok are videos. So if you don't want to do videos and you hate videos and you, you don't have a marketing ambassador or somebody in the practice who's going to do them, we need to have that conversation and say, what are you comfortable with? And then whatever you're comfortable with, all of those platforms work. They all work. I have, and I'm sure we all know, there are practices who are killing it on TikTok. I mean, they're doing amazing on TikTok. They come to your podcast probably and talk about how amazing TikTok is and how they have grown. The same thing with Instagram and Facebook. All of those three work. We I've just uh, have to figure out on a few things on what's going to make it work. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I've uh, I've thought to myself before, I've, when I have uh, patients that come in, like my 16, 17-year-old teenage patients. And, you know, when they're waiting for you, look over and they're on like TikTok and they're obviously very savvy with making the videos. I've thought, man, instead of me taking hours of my time to learn how to do this and spend too much time, like you could find like a a 19, 20 year old to hire part time to do your, you know, your social media. And like she comes in here, he or she could come in a handful of times a week and make like a TikTok and they could probably crush it and do it way better than my old ass could do it, you know, trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Just hire, hire a kid to do it. Cause they're good at it.
1: I I always say, uh, you know, get, you have college grads, you have young high school grads, uh, you know, people, kids who are in high school, that they need a part-time job, hire them summers. You are insanely busy during summer. You have so much going on. Summer is the busiest for pediatric practices. Yeah. But wouldn't it be great to get a high school kid who's really good on TikTok and stuff to come those summer days. Let's say they come for two hours or three hours a day, and they're literally creating all this content. And you have a library of content ready now for the rest of the year that you can just keep pushing out because it's already made and done. So there are so many things you can always plan ahead. And yes, utilize. Utilize the talent and the that's in your chair because you have the TikTok stars in your chair. <laughs> so Man, what a good idea.
0: So like if you, let's just for fun, let's do some numbers here. So sure. let's say you hire a, a high school kid and pay him 15 bucks an hour or something and mm-hmm. you bring him in for um, you know, two hours twice a week to make some content for you. So four hours a week, I mean, you're paying, let's even call I wouldn't call even 100. do
1: that. I would, I wouldn't even do that. I would bring them more depending more. on, uh, if they're on summer break, I'll bring them a lot more. If they're not on summer break, then I'll bring them like two or three hours a week.
0: Oh, okay. Well, hell let's, let's say, I mean, let's give them 10 hours a week or something. Let's give them two hours a day, whatever, whatever the case is, let's give them two hours a day. So that's 10 hours a week. So you're paying 150 bucks a week. Um, you know, that's literally like one extra recall in an entire week pays for that person and, uh, and they're going to create like gobs and gobs and gobs of content, have content loaded till the end of the year that you can load and teach you how to use it and you don't have to figure out how to work it. You just bring them in and then all you have to do is basically I mean, just the break even for that is is extremely small to to break even on 150 bucks because the rest of the social media and the platform doesn't cost you anything. I mean, if they if that TikTok or they're real or whatever gets you just like one extra family, they basically pay for themselves. Like, I mean, it just doesn't take a lot to reach that break even point instead of spending gobs of money on other things. It but doesn't. That's-
1: and here's the cool part, right? Like, their kids who are also friends are also friends with other kids who are on TikTok too. And they all talk, hey, I'm working at this pediatric practice and this is what I'm doing. Oh, that's cool, which Peter practice is you know? And they get into these conversations as well. Now, moms are involved and they are talking and it really does help. And I've had, um, so I work with internal marketing managers and, and, the, and, the, and the team that's doing social media. And funny, you know, I, I enjoy, I love working with high school kids and college kids because they do know the technology. It's very good to them. The one part they don't know is they don't know the language. Uh, and they don't know, hey, what is appropriate, what is not appropriate, right? They they are not at that level yet, maturity level yet, where they have worked in a professional setting. So those are just a couple of tips that if you do hire somebody, have a conversation, um, make sure they show you the captions before they post something, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. make sure that they show you what audio they're using, because there are some trending audios which are completely inappropriate, but they may not just think about that. So just a couple of things, you know, just make sure that it's professional and it's in line with your brand, and that's fine. They can do all the tech stuff.
0: So, Manal, would you bring, would you, like, let's say, in theory, we did this, and I hired a, um, you know, young person or whoever to come in and do this. Would you give them your, uh, say, your Instagram password and just let them use the app on their phone? They could then create all the content on their personal cell phone or something and then design everything, and then they just have to show and get your approval prior to posting it? Or would you suggest, like, they come and get me and use my cell phone to create all the content. That way you're not giving them an Instagram password. Again, I don't know enough. I, I, I do it all myself and don't really share a lot of the password and access. But is mm-hmm. there um what is what's the best way logistically speaking to like allow them to do that?
1: Um, so there is something called the Meta Business Suite. Um, that is created by Facebook that has Facebook and Instagram in it. And the cool thing about Meta Business Suite is you can give access to whoever you want at what level. So you're never sharing passwords and such. So they uh-huh. are literally kind of if that's for that's for Facebook and Instagram, not for TikTok, right? TikTok does not have that yet. Mm-hmm. But Facebook and Instagram, so this is where you schedule all your posts. This is where your team members have some level of access. I can have access as an editor or a coach, like an advertising company can have access. So we are never asking and sharing for passwords. So that's one thing. The second thing is I would always recommend that they come to your practice and record content on your phone or your practice phone or your practice iPad or something similar because you never want patient videos and photos on a teenager's phone, but you never want it on anybody else's.
0: You good know, it's point. Yeah.
1: Because they are going home with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So very good
1: everything pop- should be done in the practice. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I might. Uh- <clears throat> I got to start keeping my eye open for some uh, for some tech savvy kid because I'm sure there's plenty of them coming through. The kids that were like, you're trying to like clean their teeth and the whole time they keep putting their phone up in front of their face, like, you know, like taking Snapchats of themselves and sending it off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Scrolling for sure. For sure. Man, I feel like in a short Absolutely. amount of time, we, we had a lot of really cool, um, a lot of cool like, like uh, outside the box ideas on some cool marketing things where- We could definitely uh, keep going, but I guess for the sake of time, were there any that we any that we didn't have down that you still wanted to hit or expand upon at all, or did we hit a lot of the major topics here? I guess.
1: No, I think uh, no, I think. I mean, we hit internal, digital, social, community, uh, you know, team training. I think we we got quite a few.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, Well, we'll, we can uh, continue this later, I guess. As we wrap up, uh, you've been speaking more and doing kind of some cool like speaking engagements and like events for, uh, for some things I saw, do you have any, uh, any speaking engagements scheduled or coming up in the future? Like, um, that you have on the books right now for, cause I, I can't remember where you just were, but I'm curious if you have anything else planned, if anybody wants to come listen to you.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be, I'm speaking in Seattle at the PNDC. I'll be speaking at the Hinman, um, in March. And then I have a bunch of things between, and then I hold my own events. So I am a person, I like destination. I'm a beach girl. I grew up in the Virgin Islands. So Mm -hmm. I like to hold my own events. So I actually have a destination CE coming up with hands-on marketing and all of that stuff in Turks and Caicos in July.
0: Oh, wow. So if
1: anybody's looking to write off going to Turks and Caicos, (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's an event happening.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. You know, what uh, what island did you grow up on in uh, the Virgin Islands? St. Thomas. St. Thomas. I've been to St. John uh, three or four times. It's like my wife and I's place, like fave place to go. We love that island. That place is awesome. We love
1: St. John. We just, it's it's, it's like when you go to Trunk Bay and you're like, where has this been all my life? Like, why am I not, why do not I have a house right here on Trunk Um, Bay, right? mm
0: Yeah, I was a, a fan when Honeymoon Beach was not like they didn't have a golf cart path and you had to hike to it and there'd be nobody mm. there and you'd have this pristine beach to yourself. And I'm a big snorkeler and my wife could sit on the beach and drink fruity drinks and I just go snorkel for hours and see, illegally pet a sea turtle. I mean, it's just like, it was just the most incredible. <laughs> I just like, I love that place. I love Beautiful. the people. And there. it's, it's is, United States. Yeah, it's, it's easy. To US.
1: Travel. People don't realize that it's a, usually straight flights and it's United States. You're in America.
0: Yeah. So but but you and I all just a a public uh PSA that if you haven't been to the Virgin Islands, you need to put it on your bucket list to chest out uh check out because it's great for sure.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, we had my my summer event in August was in St. Thomas, the same event that I'm doing in Turks and Caicos. And we had hundred and ten people um, oh. that that came in, in St. Thomas and I Yep. And I told them for one of the days in their itinerary, I'm like, I don't care what you're doing. You're going to St. John. like, what? Like, don't just go to St. John. And then every single one of them came back and was like, can we do this event in St. John now? And I'm like, yeah, probably in the Uh future we'll do it in St. John.
0: Yeah. Well, keep me posted because that would give me a a way to fly to St. John and I could write the whole trip off and that'd be pretty legit. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. If yeah. Uh,
0: you know, if anybody wants to get in touch with you and ask more, you know, marketing questions, or maybe somebody needs some help, you know, some social media, or you know, whatever, all the things that you do, uh, give me a plug for some good contact info so people can go to get a hold of you.
1: Um. Awesome. Uh. Yeah. Minalsampat dot I know that's like a different name, so it's M I N A L S A M P A dot com. That's my website. You can find a lot of stuff there. But really, you know, if you're going to connect with me, like I am that millennial who's on social media. Go to Facebook, Manal Sampat. You'll see a photo of me with a pink background. Just send me a friend request or follow me on Instagram at Manal Sampat. Um, I share a lot of tips, tricks, strategies. I do a lot of webinars. I'm always sharing content. I I make reels on how to make reels. So if you have questions, always reach out. Uh, My book is on Amazon. It's a bestseller called Why Marketing Screen Your Business? And let's see, the last thing, oh, Turks and Caicos is, the the website is ceonthebeach.com. I haven't announced it just yet. I'm announcing it next week, so I don't know when this is going live, but it's probably going to be live by then, ceonthebeach.com, and if you're coming to Turks, that'd be awesome to hang there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, learned a lot today. This was uh, this was really cool. We talked about a lot of good stuff that uh, I hadn't anticipated, so I appreciate you kind of sharing some of your insider um, uh, experiences and tr- tricks with uh, the advertising world and um look forward to doing it again sometime. And maybe we podcast round two on the beach in St. John on the second, second time around.
1: Oh man, that'd be awesome. No, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast, especially talking pediatric dentistry, which is my passion. So thank you so much for having me. I hope the listeners enjoyed all the content.
0: Thanks for listening to the bruise and tiny teeth podcast. Be sure to DM our host, Casey Getz on social media with any listener questions, comments, or tough clinical situations. We'll see you next week for another unfiltered episode.